Hey, holy shit. It's the Low Life Podcast. Um, oh, yeah. And for those of you hearing us for the first time, a little bit about what we do. We are kind of a cyberpunk podcast, but we kind of more talk about the real world and how we are in the dystopia that the books predicted and whatnot and kind of try to point to real life examples. Oh, uh, yeah. And it, basically, we're doing it for the purposes of giving ideas away, you know, like here, use it, write about it. Here you go. Yeah. Here's a detail mm-hmm. for a story. Um Anyway, we uh, we have a bunch of things. We have a we'll get into why like it's just Scum and I right now in a minute. Uh, but first, here's the theme song. Okay, that was the theme song. Um, <laughs> Wasn't that lovely? Yeah, it's good stuff. Uh, so recently in the news, well, that's another thing we like to do. We'll, we'll do deep dives into topics. Um, however, today, just because it's we're only trying to keep it short, we're not going to give you the typical two to three hour deep dive on the things. Um, in the for example like the kind of stories we would cover would be just recently uh, october 24th a story came out about how a 1 million gigabit internet speed was reached with a single chip and laser what yeah yeah the experiment achieved a speed of 1.8 petabytes petabytes per second or nearly twice the amount of internet traffic the world transmits at the same rate that's it's a lot of porn amazingly the feat was pulled off using only a single optical light source Incredible. So it's from a PC mag. Um, and uh, yeah, that's, I'm very angry about that because the reason why <laughs> shadow link isn't here is because <sighs> he is very, he, he's getting, he's pulling like 17 megs. And for some reason it's not working with Zencaster. It's yeah. giving us entirely too much lag and it sucks and we miss him and we need him here. Also. So- yeah. Another thing. Well, Another thing about us is that we, in addition to like covering all these like weird topics, we also do like movie reviews for stuff like Jack Rabbit or like the new Matrix film. And we've had a bunch of guests on, including uh, historians. Uh, we had the uh, friend Damon. Uh, we had the cyberpunk librarian. Shout out um, to oh, y'all's. Yeah. Uh, oh. God, we've had authors. We've had the cyberpunk queen, Anna Mossacat on. It's a hilarious and awesome conversation. Uh, who else? John Richter and Matt Adcock, where we did a review Incredible. of the movie Avalon. It was yeah. so fun. Got Craigley Gordon. We got Rob uh, of a uh, novel, novel fame, noveling, novel fame. Uh, we have Rob Chant, incredible game developer, who's working. That man on, has uh, written more words than I probably word. read. Yeah, then we've probably spoken. Like yes, what? He's a madman. <laughs> It's great. Yeah, this game is uh, Cyberpunk Dreams. Go check it out. Let's see, we had a VR therapist on. We had the neurocartographer to uh, to talk about that with us. Uh, we got our foreign correspondent, uh, Mr. Zed, 
who's been uh, keeping us abreast of things in Poland, as well as, uh, you know, we talk about The Witcher a little bit. We talk about Cyberpunk a little bit. We talked about, you know, that little war that got going on over there a little bit. Um, yeah. You know, we had uh, Derek Ivry on, who's a multi-instrumentalist, been getting into DJing lately. He's got his own radio show on Mixler now. Um, who else? I'm, I don't mean to leave anyone out. We're, this is just top of my head trying to get this if out. We've left you out. You know where to find us and where to mail the horse head. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You could totally like tweet at us that we're stupid and we're okay with that. You know, uh, but like, if we could solve this problem with Shadow, like it, I, literally analog. Like, if if there was an analog solution to that, that'd be great. Like, if we could get a can and the longest string ever to his outpost we might be able to fucking work something. It's kind of like, you know, put them in the fishbowl kind of idea. And, uh, it's not going to work. That's not a practical one. Unfortunately. No, but we found a couple of examples of analog solutions to some everyday problems. Uh, scum, what you got for us from NPR in 2008 inventor (laughs) trains crows to find money. (laughs) Yes. Yes. This is what I need. Oh God. This was, yeah, this was like a happy accident that, that I found, and it led to this incredible... So, let's get into it. So, back in 2008, hacker Josh Klein, a totally normal man with totally normal thoughts... Totally. ...presented at a TED Talk, quote, a crow vending machine. Okay. Okay. I... It, okay. It, yeah. Can you guess what it does? It's... I, does it... I like the crow. Like, do you come back from the dead and avenge your murdered girlfriend? Like, what? I mean, that would be pretty sick, but unfortunately, no. Uh, it gives crows a peanut for depositing a coin. Oh, so it's like an MMO. <laughs> yeah, it's destiny. <laughs> oh my god! You grind and grinding to get the fake thing, and you know. Except, no, this is more practical than literally MMOs because you get food. Well, but. The vending machine. Yeah, it's a vending machine. It gets shiny shinies. Yeah, you just put it in the wilds and, uh, you know. So, at the, t- at, the, at the talk, Klein explained, quote, why crows are better than flying monkeys and how you could teach them to do your bidding. Okay, that's amazing. It's incredible line. I love that. It's an incredible <laughs> line. Like, he trained one, like, oh man, like he trained them literally to give him money before doing anything else. Like, this is real early. Like, Josh Klein is a known entity. Like, he, we'll get into, like, some of his more corporate dealings now as, like, an older man. But, like, back in 2008, he's, like, like I think 27. Like, he's in his, like, early 20s. Yeah. And he's, like, yeah, I'm going to get into the hacking thing. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to fucking train crows to steal for me. Sure. I mean, Because sure. <laughs> that's the most hacker thing you can do. I... Like, you know, this, this is imp- this is impressive on a scale that I can't. You, you know, like the real Nikola Tesla was like real into like pigeons and shit, right? Like he had a bunch of birds around him, but they were like his friends, you know. And then yeah. there's like, there's just there's like the, the, what Lawrence Fishburne's character in the John Wick movies. <laughs> You know, the messenger bird kind of idea. Uh-huh, and yeah. The, 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 the way to send... All of that doesn't seem realistic. Well, I mean, having pigeons as pets is... Probably messenger birds is pretty realistic, but they're messenger birds. This is... I'm going to make monetary gains. Yeah, this is employment. Like, this... Yeah, 
<laughs> you're employing generations of crows because the way crows work is they teach their young what they know because crows are incredibly intelligent and live in like Holy basically tribes shit. and like they're gonna teach their kids this so you just like trained an entire generation generations of crows i to, to do this thing when do we get the coins just raining from above like I just, uh, some people i know have done this like they've like befriended crows by accident and like they give them shinies like not yeah. sometimes coins but like they just give them shinies because they know that's how they get food because they want to be your friend and oh yeah it, I, I love it i fucking love the witch being a crow well, witch i god damn it i'm so mad now like yeah we can be doing this i think every i, I think that's a, that's a I, big, no I, I went the wrong way with it i went the wrong way with it that's what it was when i was a kid still like young enough to be babysat I made mm-hmm. friends with a squirrel. I gave that motherfucker peanuts. He gave me nothing back. No, nothing. see, oh, you see, ah, uh, you, you know what? Clyde talks about how squirrels don't or don't work. The way he described it is, you fucking, you give a squirrel, you, you give a squirrel a thing. You're trying to give a squirrel a peanut. He's just gonna go wander in traffic. Yeah. Give a crow the thing, and you give it, let play with it long enough, they'll figure it out. <laughs> it's literally, basically, a duck, like a rundown of what he says. Like, no, the squirrel's gonna go in traffic. Squirrels are grifters, and grifters are bad at things. So, like, put him in traffic. I, yeah. <laughs> he said he got the idea again, totally normal bad with normal thoughts, after using a modified Skinnerian training to teach his cat to use the toilet. Oh, we're gonna get to that. <laughs> when you told me when we were planning this, and you were like, "Yeah, no, that's totally a thing," and I'm like, "Excuse me." Yeah, no, and it comes from a crazy place. Some of you may know, but you're... Oh, I'm, God, the world is... I, world I got is this one gift-wrapped for you. So it's like, his thinking was, since it works so well, why not crows? Yeah, all right. Because you know, so, fuck it, right? Like, crows cats are, are, use the shitter, why not? Right. I mean, well, I mean, look at what dogs can do. They can open the door, you know, bring you in mm-hmm. here. Like, there's all can kinds they? of stuff you can train. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Is Aesop never... giving, like, beers and shit? Like... Oh, no, no, no. Aesop, I let him grow up to be his own guy. Oh, yeah. okay. So, yeah, my older dog is named Aesop. He's this little fella sitting here. He's got people eyes. Petting. Yes, yes, he does. And he says words. If he starts crying at some point during this recording, I'll let it go for a second so you can understand what I'm dealing with. But, like, Crap. yeah, he's wicked smart. And uh, his little brother is three times his size. So, mm-hmm. like, hopefully, the way I've barricaded the giant picture window in the front of the house up there, we won't be hearing him bark. Anyhow, <laughs> so more so, about this uh, bird money scam I'm digging. So the process worked thusly. Okay. You provide a crow with coins, peanuts, and the vending machine to get them used to the item. So, like, they could fuck around with it. Like, oh, peanuts, coins, this box. You know, mm-hmm. so they get, like, this is a part of their environment. Cool. Uh, they'll play around. Well, yeah, they'll play around with it. And uh, then... You give them only the coins and the machine. Eventually, after playing around, they will, after, I guess your mileage may vary how long this will take, they will eventually discover if you put the coin in the thing, you get food. Do they, have to, do they have to twist a handle or anything, or is it just like a slot? I think it? I think it's just a slot. Okay. All right. Yeah, they didn't, get, they didn't get too much detail in it. it pretty much it just, it's as simple as possible. Because crows have like the intelligence of a four-year-old. Yeah. yeah. Which yeah. is impressive. Yeah. So by doing this, you've effectively trained crows and their offspring as crows teach their teach their young their experiences. Let me turn the page in my cyberpunk notebook here. To steal shinies for easy food. It's a shiny, shiny, man. I'm telling you, it works. 
So <sighs> it works on us. Anyway, it, work, yeah. it works on us for like even dumber shit, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. Like losing dramatically in a mall arcade to the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles arcade game. Oh, the Simpsons, man. Yep. Yep. Or that oh, weird Aerosmith like shooter game. If anybody There's, remembers that, I'm sorry. Side scrolling brawlers are fucked. I don't care. Yeah, I just yeah, yeah. You can't line up the punches right, and then the dude. Yeah, no, I, I just no. It's fun Hang when on. you're home on console. It's not fun when you're in the arcade. I would uh, posit that it's never fun. <laughs> no, I, have, I have. Dozens we can all agree that Aerosmith game is like epic, right? Shit. Oh yeah, the gun one. Yeah, no. That's yeah, awesome. yeah. No, that was great. As a as a non Aerosmith fan, I'm a really yeah like same. That game. I don't give a fuck about Aerosmith. That game is sick. It's a gun game. I didn't want to miss a thing. Hey. Hey. So Klein's... <laughs> Excuse me. Uh, Klein's central idea is to find harmony with species that that are deemed pests. We like His thinking is we're essentially breeding roaches, rats, and crows to be pests. Like, right. uh, like uh, roaches are immune to poison, right? Uh, okay. Crows, they just breed constantly, and rats... They breed even more. And that's their response to us trying to kill them. They just yeah. adapt to us. So right. the idea is, and I kind of like this, is why not be friends and have interspecies harmony? Dude, I had so many cicada buddies. <laughs> I don't How does that work? I, I just, they were cool. Like, I, at one point, yeah. I, you got to cut the grass, right? So, you know, got all these, like, shells on the ground, all these care pieces all, just everywhere. And... One day I was cutting the grass while it was they were just flying uh, through the air. Like it, I had a I had a decibelometer on my phone and it was like 111. Damn. Like, yeah, it was insane. And uh I'm about halfway through the backyard and uh one of these little sons of bitches goes and flies to the bottom of the bill of my baseball cap and just hangs out. And I just kept cutting the grass until he flew away. Like he was chill, he wasn't doing nothing. Yeah. You know, like it's Kind of fascinating, and I kind of miss them. I haven't slept nearly as well without that constant ambient shriek being filtered through walls of a house. I think it sounds like the song of Pazuzu that drives you mad. Oh, for me, it was like a white noise machine. It was like the softest <laughs> ambient. It was like your fan. It was like a fan next to you. Like I've listened to so much am- or like industrial that in, in like hard fucking techno that it was that's like that's fair. This is lovely. <laughs> Anyhow, yes, I agree. We should definitely. Uh, well, I mean, isn't that one of the sub mottos? Is like, you know, we are the you know friends with pests because we are pests. I mean, like, kind of. Yeah, like we live here. Like, it's we've yeah. made this and we made these environments that they thrive, and now we want to exterminate them off the face of the fucking earth. Also, I've never seen crows as a pest. Maybe because I'm not a yeah. weird business owner. Yeah, but like I've never seen crows as a pest. I've only seen them as fascinating neighbors. Yeah, they're they, great. I, because I know a lot about them. It's like they live in families. Like, hi, neighbor. Like, you know, like, yeah. I don't know. A group of them has the coolest name in the animal kingdom. Seriously. Yeah. Murder yeah, of crows, like, man. Come on. Yeah. That's the shit. He gives examples, like training. The examples he gives is basically, like you said before, like how to employ crows, essentially. So he gives examples like training crows to sort electronic parts or pick yeah. up trash. Yeah. Or even use crows for search and rescue. Yeah, they never forget a face, so why not? Why fucking not? And he, and it ends it with quote, "Don't hate the crows," Klein said. Just let them save you. I know they might sing you a song, now, um, or bring you shiny shinies for peace. Sure, why not? Like, but to fast forward it to like now, 
It's like yeah. it, it. We don't have search and rescue crows, unfortunately. Right. Klein, as far as I can tell, is an evil overlord of crows that are just making his fortune off of quarters, or maybe he is. That uh, I'll tell you what. <laughs> if you can become a billionaire by yeah. training crows to bring you quarters. You you've won. You're well, no, but you're gonna get me to hesitate. That's all. Yeah, that's all I'm saying. I'll give you a hesitation on that because, yeah. like, that's like, all right, yeah. you know, yeah, like right. you're you're picking up litter basically because you know essentially it's just going into know. like now what I want to see is crows attack one of those claw machines um, with the plushies in them. I just you were gonna say like a starter. Oh well, given, but I mean you know. <laughs> One of the these birds, claw the machines, birds. like the birds, right? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. They just start like just trying to pick apart and slide the window open, kind mm-hmm. of shit. You know? Just dismantle the Ninja Turtles. Arcade I want man, them yeah. to be able to break open the coin things on vending machines. If they even <laughs> still exist, do vending machines even still exist? I haven't seen one I mean, for Coca Cola and like you know snack they food. Have yeah, to. sure. Oh yeah. I mean, okay. Hey, it's good. it's good business if you could own a vending machine. Like, let's be real. I haven't, I haven't been out of my house in three years. You got to bear with me. Fair enough. Yeah, it's, it's... <laughs> so right now, <laughs> God, that, that that hit that hit home. I felt that one. Yeah. No, I, I know. I know. We all know. So right now, we're, are there we're still just, people? Um, <laughs> we're just yeah. a special type of paranoia where we're like, there's still a plague, and there is. Yeah. So, uh, so right now, Klein just is a tech advisor for uh senior executives so basically he's like the millennial to a bunch of fucking boomers and he makes money off of it which i appreciate and he's also okay so this is where i went like full bimbified because i tried to like he's the ceo of a workplace uh culture metric analytics thing i don't know i I seriously tried to understand what the fuck his what he's CEO of, and my brain was like, "That's so funny!" Like oh. I, have, I have no I have fucking idea, dude. <laughs> I tried to understand to, it. He's trying to upscale the crow thing to like young <laughs> urban professionals, you know? Yeah, like he did. Bring but he did some pretty sh- yeah, like seriously. But he did some pretty sick shit. Like his cyberpunk yeah. novel, Rude, looks pretty sweet. I'm probably gonna check that out at one point. All right. Uh, it's about like body botters, computer shamans, and it's a cyber in like a shit ton of drugs. It's a cyberpunk novel. Like, right, and he wrote right. this around the same time as uh, actually, he wrote that exactly in 2008, the year he proposed making an army of fucking pickpocketing crows. <laughs> I, and I kind of want him on the show now, honestly. That's, that's kind of a great pivot. Um, yep. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh my God, I love it. That's great. I'm having a hard time being a dick about this. Um, yeah, no, no. Yeah. After finding out like what he did now and like shit he's doing, I'm like, I might not agree with like some of your corporate choices. But right. God damn it, that's you're doing it in style, man. <laughs> like it's hard for me to disagree with him. Well, yeah. Well, I mean, and you know, he he's obviously uh, a human of taste, clearly, because you know he got the, he's basing this idea off this this teaching a cat to use the toilet thing. And that, oh man, I, I can't believe that that ties into this at all because this is something I've known about for years, and I just I bring it up to people, and they're like, eh, hey, whatever." Hit, hit me with it. I can't. After you you showed me this, I just lost my shit. Where I'm like, I t- tell them what it's called. All right. Well, no, we'll get to that. We'll get to that first. We got to talk about a fellow that I'm a huge fan of, and I have been since probably the Hell early yeah. '90s when I discovered. And uh, full admission here: the first time I noticed the bass guitar as an instrument. 
was the Red Hot Chili Peppers Blood Sugar Sex Magic because they just, well they mixed it really well and yeah. like you know Flea was prominent on it the guy's an elastic you know bass player is very talented right yeah but that sent me on a path to like discover bassists and then I discovered this fellow Charles Mingus whom I still consider yeah. to be like one of the greatest musicians I've ever heard because he just was a fucking monster you know like yeah. this guy I don't know who Charles Mingus is or you're too young just Pause yeah, the podcast, just, go look it up, and go find on YouTube's the uh, Charles Mingus. Right, and I mean he he was like he was like born in um, Nogales, Arizona, but then they like kind of was largely he was largely raised in the Watts area of L.A. And he, you know, like he didn't have like the best education growing up. Like he couldn't read musical notation quickly enough to let, you know join a local youth orchestra and stuff, and it really like kind of pissed him off and kind of ostracized him a little bit. Right. Mm-hmm. And then there's, you know, the, all the racism going on. Yeah. Um, so he, he learned a lot of cello technique and he found out that that was applicable to double bass when he like took up the instrument in high school. And then he studied for five years um, with like the principal basis of the New York Philharmonic. It, like this guy had it, whatever it is, when you touch something and you can do it, like he had it. And uh, anyway, so he just started playing with a bunch of people. Like no less than say, uh, oh God, let's see. He, his first major job was playing with former Duke Ellington clarinetist Barney Bigard. He toured with Louis Armstrong in 1943. That's fucking wild, man. Yeah, I, I, tons of people, tons and tons and tons. That's of people. Wild. He yeah. played with like Lionel Hampton's band in the late 40s, which I just got goosebumps thinking about. You know, um, he uh, some club owners like he. There was just they got a lot of acclaim, but clubs weren't willing to book black artists and stuff. So of course, he, yeah. just, he, he left Ellington's band. Um, it, or he played as he left this previous group and then he started playing with like uh, Ellington's band. And before like all you youngins are going to be like, eh, what does jazz have to do with cyberpunk? We wouldn't have mute. We wouldn't have industrial without cyberpunk. We wouldn't have, yeah, punk did you ever, we, we, we wouldn't have punk without jazz. We wouldn't have industrial. Yeah. If you listen if to square pusher, if you listen yes. to Otecra, like there's like, you know, uh, Max Cooper does some really crazy shit with like different uh, time patterns. You yeah. know what I mean? That would not like the weirdest syncopations and stuff. And tons all of it. Drum and fucking bass. You know, like yep. it's all like it's all jazz connected. is kind of a huge root to that. You know, especially the bass part. And that's how I got into DME. Yeah. Was all those old school punk punks you listen to? Black Flag, Dead Kennedys, like uh, oh, yeah. all, all this. It's like they were into jazz, and you can't. You, it's like you do not. They're the same thing. Well, I'm, yeah. Like, like you need a, if you need a window in, like Ronnie size and represent uh, new forms. All those bass lines are played by a human being. And I, when I saw them live, I stared at that guy for two hours and forty fucking minutes waiting <laughs> for him to fuck up because I thought they were loops. And he stared me down at one point, set the bass on the ground, and played it <laughs> while looking at me. And I was just like. I just laughed. I just laughed. Like I went and I bought a beer and I handed it to him. I was just like, are you fucking kidding me? You're a monster. Anyway. So (laughs) Mingus, uh, like in the early fifties, he got, he played with like Charlie Parker, you know, who's just, come on. I can't, I can't get too into this. Like he's, he's played with so many people, Dizzy Gillespie, you know, like all these people, um, all these shows and stuff. And he, he was just a massive, massive talent. Um, he, he has this great song. He has awesome song titles. He had this one song, uh, Don't Be Afraid, The Clown's Afraid Too. It's just a great fucking song title. 
that's, you know, that's a punk fucking song track title if I ever heard one. Jesus Christ. And he was hard. Like this dude would not. Yeah. He, he held himself to a standard that would crush your brain. Yeah. But anyway, so very quickly, just to kind of get to the point. At one point in his life, he wrote this thing called the Charles Mingus Cat a log for toilet training your cat. So this legendary jazz artist, this incredible, like, you should see the cover person. The, oh God, the cover is fucking incredible. It's just this cat crapping in a toilet. He, it's yeah, like, it's, it's he, perched on the edge of a bowl, dropping a goose and just squinting its I, eyes to like literally having a crap. And there are fewer things in this world, more perfect than this image. Like it's, <laughs> It's like, and it's like text, it's like the text above it is the Charles Mingus cat, which is spelled capital C-A-T dash A-L-O-G. Picture the cat taking a dump and then in, at the bottom for toilet training your cat. Like he features this cat. It's his cat. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, so I'm going to read it to you here for the last couple of minutes of this brief, brief episode. Uh, <laughs> chapter one, and it's two pages. It's not long. Um, number one, first you must train your cat to use a homemade cardboard litter box if you do, if you have not already done so. If your box does not have a one-piece bottom, add a cardboard that fits inside so you have a false bottom that is smooth and strong. This way, the box will not become soggy and fall out at the bottom. The grocery store will have extra flat cardboards, which you can cut down to fit exactly inside your box. Be sure, be sure to use torn-up newspaper, not kitty litter. Stop using kitty litter. When the time comes, you cannot put sand in a toilet. Once your cat is trained to use a cardboard box, start moving the box around the room towards the bathroom. If the box is in a corner, move it a few feet from the corner, but not very noticeably. If you move it too far, he may go into the bathroom in the original corner. True. Okay, that's fucking true. That's yeah. mm-hmm. Do it gradually. You've got to get him thinking. Then he will gradually follow the box as you move it to the bathroom. Important. If you already have it there, move it out of the bathroom, around, and then back. He has to learn to follow it. If it is too close to the toilet to begin with, he will not follow it up into the toilet seat when you move it there. A cat will look for his box. He smells it. Two. Now, as you move the box, also start cutting the brim of the box down so the sides get lower. Do this gradually. Finally, you reach the bathroom and eventually the toilet itself. Then, one day... Prepare to put the box on top of the toilet. At each corner of the box, cut a little slash. You can run string around the box through these slashes and tie the box down to the toilet so it will not fall off. Your cat will see it there and jump up to the box, which is now sitting on top of the toilet with the size cut down to only an inch or so. Don't bug the cat now. Don't rush him because you might throw him off. Just let him relax and go there for a while, maybe a week or two. Meanwhile, put less and less newspaper inside the box. Three. One day, cut a small hole in the very center of this box. What the fuck? Less, less than an apple. Like the si- about the size of a plum. Oh, I'm glad we, we measured out the diameter for this. And leave some paper in the box around the hole. Right away, he will start aiming for the hole and possibly even try to make it bigger. Leave the paper for a while to absorb the waste. When he jumps up, he will not be afraid of the hole because he expects it. At this point, you will realize that you have won. The most difficult part is over. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> You've won. 
from now on, it is just a matter of time. In fact, once when I was cleaning the box and had removed it from the toilet, my cat jumped up anyway and almost fell in. To avoid this, have a temporary flat cardboard ready with a little hole and slide it under the toilet lid so he can use it while you are cleaning, in case he wants to come and go, so he will not fall in and be scared off completely. You might add some newspaper up there too while you are cleaning in case your cat is not as smart as Nightlife was. <laughs> this is where you find out that Charles Mingus's cat was named Nightlife. <laughs> Four. Now, four. Now, keep going. Now cut the box down completely until there is no brim left. Put the flat cardboard, which is left, under the lid of the toilet seat and pray. Leave a little newspaper still. He will rake it into the hole anyway after he goes to the bathroom. Eventually, you can simply get rid of the cardboard altogether. You will see when he has got his balance properly. Don't be surprised if you hear the toilet flush in the middle of the night. A cat can learn how to do it spurred on by his instinct to cover up. His main thing is to cover up. If he hits the flush knob accidentally and sees that it cleans the bowl inside, he may remember and do it intentionally. <laughs> also, be sure to toil the, turn the toilet paper roll around so that it won't roll down easily if the cat paws it. The cat is apt to roll it into the toilet again with the intention of covering up the way he would if there were still kitty litter. It took me about three or four weeks to toilet train my cat, Nightlife. Most of the time is spent moving the box very gradually to the bathroom. Do it very slowly and don't confuse him. And remember, once the box is on the toilet, leave it a week or even two. The main thing to remember is not to rush or confuse them. Good luck, Charles Mingus. Oh. Yep. Uh, <laughs> yep. Uh, yep. I, one of the on. greatest living bass player, or like one of the greatest bass players to ever live. Uh, a whole... The um, man was a genius. I like how meditative it was. Yes. That's what I was trying to get out. I, it's also a kind of a beautiful piece of writing. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. it's... My brain is fraught. I, mm. That's what we do here on the Low Life Podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck, man. I, I can't yeah. even comprehend... It's the fucking it's, zen and wisdom that's just been bestowed upon me. I like it's incredible. It's we live in horrible, beautiful times. Yeah. Like, it's amazing. Marvelous times. Marvelous times. Marvelous yeah. times of wonders and man made uh, comprehension, but this ain't one of them, man. Like that's beautiful. <laughs> that's it. I was going to just kind of take notes on it and just like kind of break, but it's so much better to just read the fucking thing. Like it's beautiful like it's a great piece of writing it's very yeah. direct and he's got some it's, it's kind of it's really funny <laughs> like, yeah oh uh, the man was not known for his humor that's what's really really great about this anyhow so this is a snippet um of of kind of what we do uh this is the vibe uh yeah. pivot into like our socials and stuff but like we also hey if you're listening to this and you kind of dig it and you would check out our backlog you know, we've got all kinds of stuff. Like we talk about seasteading, we talk about floating arsenals, we talk about dumb shit, like all really sorts dumb of shit. things. We talk about movies, we talk about music, as you obviously can tell. We talk about drunk people in the nineteenth century stabbing each other. We talk about right. arcologies and what is yeah. reality and what isn't reality, but what is reality, but what isn't. And we had a two parter on the fucking movie network. I mean, here's the thing. Like, yeah. to us, cyberpunk is this very dense star, and our podcast orbits it. And sometimes 
we're passing through the heliosphere and sometimes we're so far away neil degrasse tyson will no longer consider us to be a planet so like it's it's not always kind of going back to the class like we acknowledge the classics in fact there are so many like great podcasts out there that address and talk about them like for example hosts of the show who i hope have something going on cyberpunk day-to-day because they're they fucking rule they're incredible and you know um who else like the people who do movie reviews and stuff like that like yeah we do it but it's we're not we're kind, that's yeah, not the point yeah like we're kind for of approaching us. it from like it's more of a i don't want to say it's really broad yeah i want to say like more expansive way of thinking because we again we're just a little basket of ideas you know yeah. and you can't just stick to a genre like like this is how you evolve genres yeah. you know what i mean yeah noir was its own thing before it like folded its way in yeah you know and and that's the thing i i don't know there's fucking wally is borderline cyberpunk as far as i'm concerned it's, yeah it's, it's, and it doesn't have to be like there is the fuck canon i don't give a shit about canon yeah I, tell a did. good story yeah tell a good story make it believable give me give me a weird sideways look at the fucking weird world in which we live please do you know do, 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 show us things we've never seen before that's all yeah. we ever ask do something cool and have fun most importantly have fun and love what you do yeah so and, and reach out to us and here's how you do that. Like if you want to, if you had a good idea, you want to pitch a story, you know, Hey, we've only been doing this about a year and 10 months now. So like we're going to heads up, we're going to be going about bi-weekly here pretty soon. If we, if you haven't like by the time this airs, haven't figured that out uh, till the end of the year, because we're kind of doing some back end stuff on our mm-hmm. website. But in the meantime, it'd be nice to kind of like develop a, you know, talk and relationship, at least with some y'alls. And if not, just enjoy our shit. You know, we're having yeah. fun making it. You know, we're doing deep dives into things that we find interesting. And um, not to waste any more of your time, here's how you get a hold of us. We have uh, Twitters. If you go to at Neon Dystopia or at L0WL1F3THE, you will yeah. find us. Uh, we have our own website, which is Neon Dystopia. That's yeah. the thing that we're working on doing the brute force rehabbing. Yeah, um, <laughs> it's it. Uh, there's a ton of content on. <clears throat> excuse me. There's a ton of content on there. So please go check out all the articles from incredible, incredibly talented writers while we go into the process of working on it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. What else? We're trying we to make sure all of their stuff makes it to the new site. Basically. Oh God, yes. <laughs> Let's see. What else do we have? We have a Patreon. If you dig what we do, we don't have anything behind a fucking paywall because gestures widely at everything um but if you want to kick us a buck it helps us keep the lights on um we just left that there for that reason yeah and that Uh, is patreon.com slash neon dystopia yes and uh just drop us a dollar and don't be feel pressured to ever do anything more than that trust us the other tiers are jokes yes they are absolutely jokes um we are making fun of anyone who has that kind of cash jesus christ are you kidding me also we have a Discord, which is a hoot. We have wonderful yeah. people in there with great ideas and like too much, guys. It's so much. Yeah, yeah I just it's incredible. Like the amount of news ideas. stories, memes, ideas, <laughs> conversations, fucking jokes. So many beautiful jokes. fucking people. And it's a good yes. microcosm too of like what we look for of like we just want new like not to be like the stereotype like diversity, but like we want new voices. We want people, everyone to have a chance at the mic and be able right. to say their piece and do stuff. And it's, you know, it's been too much of the same part, too much of the same type of person just doing stuff. And we want, yeah. new, we want something new. So yeah. come join us yeah. in the video drone. 
come chat with us and hang out with a bunch of cool cool people yeah and uh let's see also yeah sometimes uh like a, a, a you know coin ops here i'll dj and yeah. um there's a mix lr site where if you look up coin ops mcgillicuddy you'll find it. it basically if you follow us on twitter uh, i annoy uh everyone once or twice a week with this where when our episodes drop i usually will set it up to post at midnight est um and then dj from nine till midnight on th- the, the previous thursday so like yeah it's a little i try to set up it thematically there probably won't be anything for this but hey what are you gonna do um it's cyberpunk day go listen it's go, cyberpunk go day. see all the listen. content that's going on you know yeah go go find all them and check out their stuff it's Give great them your support um, uh we're just thankful to be here yeah so <laughs> Hey, thanks a lot for having us. Uh, Deeply appreciate it. Yeah, hope you dig uh, this little snippet, this little uh, slice of uh, what the Low Life Podcast is. And uh, what else? Is there anything else? Did we forget anything? Uh-huh. Hmm. I think that's it. Yeah. yeah. All right. Yeah. I'll talk to you. Uh, we'll all talk to you soon and later. Signing off. Quietly, 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 quietly.